Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Welcome to the first Sunday in February, and welcome to the first Sunday of what I believe is going to be a great journey for us as a church. And here's what I mean by that. Over the next eight weeks, we are going to walk verse by verse through the New Testament book of Philippians. This book, this letter, really, from the Apostle Paul to God's holy people in the city of Philippi is something that's going to help us position our lives in such a way that we are following the example of Jesus. And that will be our focus for the next several weeks as we walk through this delightful book. Paul, the writer, does something unique in this book. He points to Jesus, and we'll see this as we walk through each verse. Paul points to Jesus and presents an unusual view of life. And here's how we're going to define an unusual view of life. It's an atypical or unexpected or an unconventional way to express our love for God and our love for others. And those two things always work together. Our love for God drives our love for others, and our love for other people, especially those we may not want to love, is an indicator of our love for God. So the Apostle Paul, he does something fascinating in this little book. He just presents this unusual view of life that helps us to express unique love for God and unique love for others. So for February and March, we are going to dive into this book. And I can't wait. I'm very excited about this. And I believe two things are going to happen. Probably more than two things will occur on this journey, but at least these two things will happen. I think we're going to fall in love with the book of Philippians. We really will. And it may be your favorite book in all of the Bible by the time we're done studying this. We're going to fall in love with the book of Philippians because it really leans into encouragement. I think we all need to be encouraged at some point. And the book of Philippians certainly provides that for us. If you're discouraged, if you're feeling down about anything in life, then this book is for you. And I believe it will breathe life into that discouragement. Maybe you're here, though, and you're feeling great about life. You're feeling really good. Like, everything's coming up roses. Ethel Merman, 1959, I'm just throwing it back a little bit, because maybe you feel that way, like everything is great, everything is just amazing, well, good for you, I think you will still like the book of Philippians, because we could all benefit from a little more encouragement. We're going to fall in love with this book, I believe that will happen. Here's the other thing I believe will occur on our journey. And that is we will fall deeper in love with Jesus. And what a great thing that will be. 
We're going to fall deeper in love with Jesus as we seek to be bright lights in reaching our one while imitating the self-sacrificing love of Jesus. Those are the two things that will occur. We're going to fall in love with the book of Philippians, and we're going to fall deeper in love with Jesus. Okay, all of that is out in front of us. Let's begin by looking at this book. If you have a Bible or a device, please turn to the New Testament book of Philippians. Probably the best way to find that is to go to the very back of your Bible and begin turning to the left. The last book in the Bible is the book of Revelation. If you keep turning to the left, you'll run into Jude. Do I need to sing that as well? Hey, Jude. It's a singing Sunday. It really is. It's a delightful letter. You should read it at some point. But we're not going to hang out in Jude. Keep turning to the left. You'll run into the triplets, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And then if you keep turning to the left, there's 1st and 2nd Peter. And then there's James and Hebrews. If you get to Hebrews, keep turning a little bit to the left, and you'll find all of these letters from the Apostle Paul. One of those letters is Philippians. Now, here's what we need to know about this book. It's a real letter. Like, this is not made-up fake stuff. This is a real letter written by a real person, the Apostle Paul, and he wrote to real people living in a real city, the city of Philippi. I want you to look at the map. Here you will be able to see Philippi's location. It's in ancient Macedonia or modern-day Greece. That's the location of Philippi. So as we walk through this, just keep in mind, Philippi, this city, is moving into Europe, and we'll talk about the significance of that in just a little bit. That's the location of Philippi. Okay, let's do this. I want to roll out for you some fun facts about the city of Philippi. Fun facts. Do you see where that's going? I was hoping you'd chuckle a little bit more because that's the end of the humor for today. That's all I've got. Thought it might be kind of fun if the Philly fanatic came out to give us our fun facts about the city of Philippi, but you're stuck with me. So here we go. Fun facts about the city of Philippi. Number one, Philippi is the first Jesus community that the Apostle Paul started in Eastern Europe. And you can read about this in Acts chapter 16 as well, if you're interested. Very significant, because now the gospel, or the good news about Jesus, is moving away from Jerusalem, and it is expanding westward. Great news. So this is a very strategic place. Fun fact number two, Philippi is a Roman colony filled with a lot of retired soldiers who are patriotic. It's almost like the Roman soldiers, when they were ready to retire, said, where are we going to go? I don't know. Let's go to Philippi. I heard it's a great place to live and retire. Think of it as the Florida of the United States, right? That's where retirees kind of go, and that's Philippi. A lot of soldiers, Roman soldiers there, who are patriotic. Go Rome. Go Caesar. 
They are funding our retirement years and we love it. So imagine now the Apostle Paul coming into the city and saying, guess what? There's actually a real king. His name is Jesus. It's not Caesar and it's not Rome. I think a lot of the individuals there looked at Paul and said, you know, I don't know about that, Paul. I don't know. Jesus is not funding my retirement program. Caesar and Roman, the Roman government, they're doing that. And so we kind of like them. I'm not so sure about all of this. And so you can see how there would be a little bit of tension there. It's a Roman colony filled with retired soldiers. Fun fact number three, Philippians is personal and practical in its tone and teaching. It's a really warm book. Again, filled with encouragement. Think about this. The word joy is found four times. The word rejoice is found eight times. The word glad occurs three times. It's warm, it's relational in its tone, and I think we're all gonna really benefit from that. Fun fact number four, Paul was in prison when he wrote this, which is interesting, and we'll read about that in just a bit. He's actually locked up in chains. So Philippians, together with Philemon, and Colossians and Ephesians, they're all the prison letters, personal notes that Paul wrote to groups of people while he was bound up and in prison. One final fun fact, and that is the date. Most scholars put the book of Philippians as AD 60, 61, or 62. So that's the time frame of it, okay? Here now is the purpose of the book. And I like thinking about the purpose of any book when studying it because every book in Scripture has a distinct purpose. The author is making an argument. Here's why I am writing this. And everything in the book points to that particular purpose. And so we have to keep going back to it. Well, here's the purpose of the book of Philippians. Paul instructs and encourages the Philippians regarding the need for humility and unity some key words there, as they live out the story of Jesus, in order for the work God began to continue into greater expressions of faithfulness and love. Now, a lot of words there. We can basically break that down to say Paul instructs and encourages the Philippians regarding the need for humility and unity as they live out the story of Jesus. Now, let that phrase roll around in your mind a little bit. Living out the story of Jesus. I would submit to you that if you have trusted in Jesus alone to rescue you, if you have embraced his leadership and forgiveness, you are part of the story of Jesus. So the encouragement in this letter, and we're going to walk through it for eight weeks, The encouragement is for all of us to be thinking about how can I personally in my day and in my time where I live, work, and play, how can I live out the story of Jesus? We all need to be thinking about that because, again, if you've trusted in Christ alone, you're part of the story. And God wants to use you to help other people see the truth about Jesus. God wants to use you to be a bright light. God wants to use you to reach your one. And that really comes out in Philippians as we think about how we're part of the story of Jesus. 
all of that brings us to our big idea for today. So get those talk notes ready once again, and let's fill in these blanks. Righteous character helps us live out the story of Jesus. Righteous character. And Paul goes on to define that, and we'll think about it all throughout this theme. Righteous character helps us live out the story of Jesus. Okay, let's go to the text now. Philippians chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. Here we go. This letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I'm writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the church leaders and deacons. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Wow. Paul's a nice guy, isn't he? I think beyond being nice, he is being genuine here, and he's trying to spur on the believers to live an unusual kind of life. That's what he wants for them. Because he says this in verse 4, Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with, say the word with me, joy. There it is. I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue this work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. And I think the good work he's talking about there refers back to all of them being partners in spreading the good news or the truth about Jesus and his life. Verse 7. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. And then Paul rolls out a reminder here. Verse 8, God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will, say this word with me, overflow. That's a really dynamic word in our paragraph here, and we'll come back to that and describe it in a moment. Paul's praying, I want your love to overflow more and more. Question, love for whom? Love for whom? Well, it's interesting because Paul doesn't actually say, but I think when you look at the context, he's talking about how I want your love to overflow, certainly for God, but I want it to overflow for the people around you as well. It's almost like Paul said, take a look around. <laughs> Who's there? Yeah, let your love overflow for them. So let's do that. Take a look around. Valley Point, actually do that. Look around. You probably don't know everyone in the room here, but guess what God wants for you? 
He wants your love to overflow for him, certainly, but he also wants it to overflow for the people around you. And then I think we have to extrapolate that a little bit beyond here. Who's coming to your Super Bowl party today? No doubt there will be someone annoying there who probably wasn't even invited, but they just show up. Well, take a look around. I think God wants his love and our love to overflow for them as well. Okay, verse 9 continues. And that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. A few more key words there. So I pray that your love will overflow more and more, and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. From this vignette, and that's really what it is. As a matter of fact, that's the book of Philippians. All of these vignettes that focus and center on a Jesus poem given in chapter two about self-sacrificing love. So there's all these different vignettes that point to that. From this vignette, I believe we can already begin to see how we can have an unusual view of life. So I want to share some thinking points and pull them straight out of the text, and that will lead into our takeaways. Here's thinking point number one. Pursuing good work is good work. Like, we shouldn't stop doing that. Pursuing good work is good work and leads to an unusual view of life. The work we do for God matters. The work we do in serving others, that matters. And may we never forget in a world of skepticism and sarcasm that good work actually matters and pursuing good work is good work. So we should all do that. Thinking point number two, overflowing love for God and others should be a personal pursuit. It's overflowing love for God and for other people. We should all personally pursue this. Paul wanted that for the Philippians and he even prayed for that. Did you pick up on verse nine? I pray. Like I'm here in prison, I'm not with you. But while I'm here and while you're there, I am praying that your love will overflow more and more. This word overflow in the text is very unique. It comes from the Greek word, patisio. So if you need a new password for anything, you might want to borrow the word overflow in the Greek. And it has the idea of above and beyond or abounding. So when we think about our love for God and for others overflowing, it's not just trickling out It's not just kind of a pat on the back, although that's not a bad thing. We're talking about something here that is over and above, that is abounding, that is spilling over. So think about your soda that you are going to pour during the Super Bowl 
or whatever else you may be enjoying. And just think about that now, overflowing, like you're not paying attention and it is now just coming out. That is petty C-O. Abounding and coming out. And that should be a description of our love for God and our love for others. Very dynamic and very unique. Again, not just spilling out, but overflowing and abounding. That is the idea of the word overflow and our love for God, our overflowing love for him and for others should be a personal pursuit. We should be thinking about that all of the time. Overflowing love, God and others. Thinking point number three, growing in knowledge and understanding helps cultivate our appraisal of reality. Knowledge has the idea of recognition. Understanding has the idea of discernment. And when we have those things, well, we have a more realistic view of reality. Does anybody need more of that stuff? Oh, come on, you're not being truthful. Does anybody need more understanding and discernment as you walk through life? Absolutely. We all need this. And one scholar stated it this way, this helps give us an intelligent appraisal of reality. So growing in knowledge and understanding, it cultivates our appraisal of reality. And in my second takeaway, we'll talk about how to actually do that. All right, so pursuing good work is good work. Overflowing love for God and for others should be a personal pursuit. And growing in knowledge and understanding helps build our appraisal of reality. I have two takeaways. Number one, your participation partnership in living the story of Jesus brings joy. Just know that, okay? Your participation in living the story of Jesus. Oh my, it, it brings a lot of joy. Whenever you take a spiritual step, whatever that looks like, whether you think it's a little step or a medium-sized step or you're out of the boat and you're walking on the water, whatever that may look like for you, just know that whenever you take a spiritual step in your life, and in the lives of our faith community and the people that matter to you that are around you, that brings a tremendous amount of joy. We don't always think of it that way, but it's true. It brings joy. So when you participate, wow, just joy. I, I want to share a couple of texts with you that illustrate this. I have friends. That may shock you. <laughs> I do have some friends, and, and they text me occasionally, and I receive this text from a friend who is coming to life spiritually, and it, it, it's really moving and just beautiful to watch. Somebody who claims to know God, but maybe some things have gotten in the way, and, and now they're coming to life spiritually. He texted me a couple of weeks ago, and he said, you know what? I was enjoying the gathering so much, I didn't want it to end. He's my new best friend. <laughs> Nobody says that to me. Like, wouldn't it be great if this thing could just keep going and going? You know, most of the time it's like, yeah, come on, let's uh, land the plane here and figure it out. And I get that. 
But he's really coming to life spiritually and just benefiting from truth, from the word of God and from what people are communicating and then even texted me and said, here are my life verses for 2020. Wow, joy to my heart. And you're hearing that? Hopefully it brings joy to your heart as well. That's a spiritual step and it's making a difference for him. Here's another text a friend sent to me. Today was awesome. Valley Point has changed my life. I felt a way today that I haven't in a long time and I can't quite describe it yet. Encouraged, passionate, supported, fulfilled, driven, like I found a new purpose and sense of belonging and it is something I've been searching for. I want to be more active at Valley Point. Joy. Just know that whenever you participate in this partnership of living the story of Jesus, it brings a great amount of joy. One final takeaway, and that is grow your appraisal of reality. And again, that's knowledge and understanding. Here's how you do that. By following and staying close to Jesus. You want to grow your appraisal of reality, get as close to Jesus as you can. So perhaps the challenge for all of us as we step out of here in a few moments is to think about Jesus and our proximity to him. Are we close or not? And if we're close, how do we continue to fight for that? Because relationships never stand still. And if there's a big gap there, well, what do we need to address in order to begin moving closer to Jesus. I would say to you, being here is a great step to take. And I want to thank you for giving time to this because it demonstrates that you have a heart for getting a little closer to Jesus. Keep thinking about that proximity. Is it close or not? And what do you need to do to address the gap? Grow your appraisal of reality, knowledge and understanding. We all need that by following and staying close to Jesus. Did you pick up on what Jesus does for us? Verse 11. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God, all of which gives us an unusual view of life. Back to the big idea. Righteous character helps us live out the story of Jesus where we live, work, and play. Let's all pursue that throughout the week. Father, we thank you for this time and for the joy of stepping into this New Testament book written by one of your servants, the Apostle Paul. He's trying to encourage us and to spur us on to live out the story of Jesus in our context. So God, help us all to do that now. Help us all to faithfully follow you as we live out the story of Jesus. We pray all of this in his name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. 
send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.